welcome back to the podcast, Working Smarter and Harder. Again, I am your host, Jonathan Rogers. Thank you for joining us today. Um, we've got a couple of different things that we're going to be going over. I actually had this one requested today, and so I've been doing some research, and I've actually had done some pri- previously in the past as well, and I was happy to share what I had found with you guys for today. Um, but we're going to start with our mindset for today. Uh, our first piece or our first quote is from Epictetus that says, don't just say you have read books, show that through them you have learned to think better, to be a more discriminating and reflective person. Books are the training weights of the mind. They are very helpful, but it would be a bad mistake to suppose that one has made progress simply by having internalized their contents. There's that one first. Second one is from Seneca, and it says, as long as you live, keep learning how to live. Uh, so those are our two quotes for today. We're going to revisit those towards the end. Um, but before we get to that, we're going to go into our main subject for today, which is the correlation between pregnancy and exercise. Um, and I think this is a very applicable uh, uh, topic to discuss. Um, while I cannot say that I have experienced this, I definitely I do know people who have. Uh, my wife personally has not yet either. Uh, but there are definitely some considerations in here that we will be applying um, hopefully in the future. Um, however, I just wanted to go over some of the guidelines and some of the research that I had found. Um, I am not trying to uh, state that I'm a professional in this category by any way. Um, this is definitely something that I think, especially for pregnant mothers, is very, very specific to the mom in general, um, depending on the history and the background and all of the other factors that come into play whenever we start looking at um, uh, pregnancy and um any kind of there's so many different factors to consider when we start looking at this this is just a small corner of that and just want to give you guys some recommendations on how this can uh there can be a positive correlate between exercise and pregnancy and there's a lot of um benefits can come out of uh out of exercise when it is paired uh, correctly with exercise and with uh uh, with childbirth. So uh, going over a little bit of this today, um, I wanted to first and foremost talk about why we're even considering this in the first place. And I wanted to talk about more than anything, I wanted to address the fact that there are there's kind of an ideal body weight for giving birth to children. Um, and this is something that is pretty, pretty well understood uh, pretty generally, but I wanted to get a little bit more specific today. Um, and I wanted to talk a little bit about some of those side effects that when we start to look at um, how children are born and kind of any kind of um, either negative or positive side effects that can come from a certain um, weight category. Um, and this is not just for uh, overweight individuals, this is also for those who are underweight. There is a, there is a significant risk associated with both, um, whether being overweight or underweight. When we start looking at pregnancy, there are impacts that can be that can impact the child uh, during the development process and during the um, during the actual birth process, um, and when it comes to uh, underweight women or women who are uh, maybe below a recommended uh, body fat percentage uh, to help support a fetus, there is there's a very there's a much larger risk for a premature birth um, pr- simply because the body is not able to. Um, support uh, nutritionally support the child as well within the fetus especially if they are severely underweight Um, this is not as common especially here in the US we do not see this as often but it can definitely be observed in other countries where food is maybe not as accessible Um, there is a lot of um, there there can be some difficulty with um, uh, uh, a lot of like preterm or early 
births that can take place where we can experience uh, maybe some underdevelopment of either the lungs or something else along the way uh, in the child that can have a negative impact on them. Um, so there's one of the uh, associations with that that can be negative. And on the opposite end of the spectrum, one of the biggest things that we observe, and it's not always just an overweight uh, either, overweight mothers, it is also within, um, uh, uh, it can happen within more of a normal range as well. Um, it's called gestational diabetes, um, which is where it is actually, it is a pregnancy-induced diabetes where the body, again, is, as we know when it comes to diabetes, is there is not enough insulin to help regulate the amount of glucose or sugar in the in the bloodstream and in the system. So this is something that can typically, it, it, it does happen fairly commonly within uh, women who are pregnant. And so there is some, um, there is a possibility for that as well. However, with both of these uh, situations and categories, whenever we start looking at either being overweight or underweight, um, and going through pregnancy, uh, there are a couple different things that we can consider. Um, and one of the ones that we can start looking at is exercise. So there is, and, and, and this is something that is pretty widely understood and we can understand that there's a lot of reason as to why this can help, um, especially when it comes to being overweight. There's a lot of things that we can do to help reduce body fat and help out with um, uptake of sugars and utilization of those while at the same time performing exercises that are safe to protect the baby. And then there is also um, weight gain that can be observed, a healthy weight gain that can be observed in underweight or uh, women who are not at a recommended weight to be supporting uh, a child nutritionally. Um, so there's benefits to both sides for this when whenever we start looking at um, exercise paired with um, uh, pregnancy actually. Now, whenever we start looking at pregnancy and we start looking at the different trimesters, we have first, second, and third trimesters that we start looking at over a nine-month period, um, we actually do expect, I mean, obviously there's going to be an expected weight gain that is going to be for the support of the, uh, the nutritional support of the child and of the baby that's being developed. And obviously as fetal tissue is being grown and, and structure is being added to the child, there's going to be some additional weight added there as well. Um, so there, whenever we start looking at pregnancy, there's going to be an assumed a weight gain either way, um, which I think is very important. And a, a lot of the time when we start looking at this, there is some concern around this, uh, but I think that there is a healthy amount of weight that should be gained in order to properly support the child. Um, and it, it definitely depends on whether you are in this overweight classification or this underweight classification. Um, there is a recommended weight gain for overweight is anywhere from 11 to 20 pounds. Somewhere in that range is considered healthy. Um, for uh, women who are underweight or who are uh, not overweight, it, it, it's roughly a little, it, it's a little over 20 pounds. I think it's closer to I want to say 18 to 30 or it may be even like 20 to 35 somewhere in that range is, is it definitely expected as uh, they are going through the pregnancy phase and there's more weight added um, but it's all totally within the normal bounds of reason um, there is a significant weight gain in the first trimester and then we start to see typically a little bit more of a drop off but it's estimated that there's anywhere from like 1.1 to like 4.4 pounds gained per week uh, throughout the entirety of the um, throughout the entirety of the uh, pregnancy phase. Um, so that's totally expected. So whenever women are looking at um, birth or pregnancy in general, there is an a, there is an assumed weight gain that is very healthy and very normal for the baby and for them as well to help maintain their nutritional status. And so it should not be 
negatively observed, I believe, whenever we start looking at pregnancy and weight gain, there is a there is a normal amount that is necessary to help uh, develop a very healthy baby, and so I want to make sure that there's no there's no negative connotation with gaining weight during pregnancy, as it is a very normal thing and it's very expected, and I think that it is very healthy as well within a certain uh, within certain bounds of reason. Um, so, uh, but we can definitely we can help to maintain that weight as we start to go through these first, second, and third trimesters with exercise, um, and so there is uh, some weight to be gained but it can also be regulated fairly well um, and when we start to pair um, a safe uh, I want to say protocol of exercise whenever you start looking at uh, uh, pregnancy and in fact one of the studies that I was looking at they had identified that there was actually a very positive outcome whenever exercise started to be utilized as a control factor for um, excessive weight gain and also for um, prevention of this uh, type of diabetes this uh, pregnant pregnancy uh, induced um, diabetes or uh, this diet this gestational diabetes um, and what they had found also was that there were no adverse side effects whenever the uh, exercise was actually paired with uh, the individual who was pregnant in the first place so it's interesting to note that um, and it, and it all depends, like I said, on the individual, and it depends on the circumstances entirely, what kind of exercises are being performed um, whenever we start looking at this. And the the general rule that I like to go by whenever we start looking at um, exercise for pregnant mothers is kind of a very general, broad uh, perspective, is just try to keep everything low impact. So when we are looking at um, trying to tone down running and uh, toning down any kind of jumping or landing or anything kind of that has a lot of high impact associated with it should generally be avoided um, just for safety measures and just for the safety of the mother and then also for the baby as well. Um, the other one is anything in a prone position. Obviously, we can. Uh, there's a lot of different uh, reasons why, um, but the most obvious would definitely be that there is kind of a compressive factor that we have to consider when we start looking at that so we want to make sure that we're not compressing the uh, the baby or the mother in any way especially when we start looking at uh, prone exercises it should probably generally be avoided um, especially laying fully prone um, the other one is going to be um, trying to avoid any kind of exercise that's going to increase body temperature too much. Um, I think body temperature should be fairly well regulated for the mother and for the baby as well as uh, certain heart rates and also uh, temperature can actually be have a very uh, uh, at a certain point can have a very negative impact on a mother who's helping to develop a fetus. Um, so it's very important that those things are kind of monitored and regulated. Um, and then just in general, it's probably not a bad idea in general as a very broad uh, recommendation just to not work alone. Um, I think that uh, this is fairly well understood, but just important that I think that it should be noted that if you are doing exercise, unless it is not um, possible, like I said, it's very specific to a certain individual. I think that you, if you are pregnant, then you should definitely be exercising with at least one other person who is aware of your situation and aware of the current state that you are in. And if you have any kind of uh, signs or markers that they should be aware of, there's definitely um, value in having another person around just in case any kind of an emergency were to happen. Um, and if any kind of uh, intervention was required, it would be very important to have somebody else around. So those are kind of my top ones uh, for my recommendations would be try to keep it low impact. Um, try to avoid prone uh, prone exercises and try to keep that body temperature low and try to have somebody nearby that is aware of your state or either they're maybe they're not, they don't even have to be exercising with you but they're just aware of where you're at and they are close
close enough that they can help you if something were to go wrong um, for whatever reason. Again, it's very specific to the mother and very specific to the situation entirely. Uh, because, for example, you could be living in New England and so temperature isn't maybe such a big uh, deal for you. But if you're living in Arizona, it's definitely something that you should consider if you are having a baby in the summer or if you are going through your second or third trimester in the summer, it's something that you should be uh, aware of um, temperature wise. And something else that I think is very worth mentioning whenever we start talking about um, pregnancy and birth uh, is that it's very important to pay attention to the birth of the child as well as it can definitely impact the uh, the status of their health as they're born. There's kind of a prime range that we're looking for when babies are born. Um, and there is there has been shown, and this is according to one of the studies that I found, um, they have some supporting evidence to show that uh, women who engage in very strenuous aerobic exercise have shown an adverse effect on fetal growth. Um, and it is also, there, there were some conflicting findings um, saying that uh, there was going to be a, there was a, there was a positive risk factor for a sedentary individual as well. So there is a very, very fine line in between the two of those that we can identify and I think that we can take advantage of. So not looking at like running a marathon or like doing an Ironman or trying to get your heart rate up to 200. I mean, like we're trying to avoid those things but we're also not trying to be incredibly sedentary the whole time as both of those have shown to, uh, or there's some evidence to support the fact that, or support the idea that there can be a low birth weight associated with both of those activities. So there's, there's a very fine line in between those two that we can identify that is going to encourage a very healthy birth weight for both the infant as well as for the mother. And when we start to turn our attention back to maybe post-birth and maybe uh, like immediately during birth, there are also positive correlations between a moderate amount of exercise as well. So we start looking at how exercise impacts the actual birthing process itself. Um, there was actually shown to be increased levels of stamina. There was actually found to be a positive correlate between actually giving birth as well as that there was a easier time with actually giving birth. It was not as either difficult or maybe as painful uh, when exercise was performed beforehand. Um, and that is a definitely a positive correlate between the two of those, I am sure, um, as well as recovery time afterwards uh, to more of a normal fit state. Um, it was much easier to return to a the uh, the pre-pregnancy or pre-birth uh, weight as well as pre-birth uh, fitness levels um, when it, there was more of a maintenance phase that went through the pregnancy, which is something that we can all definitely understand and agree with, um, that there was definitely a, uh, a shorter recovery time, so to speak, and uh, uh, an easier time returning to a pre-birth weight and fitness level. The frequency that is recommended for uh, pregnant mothers is anywhere from three to four times per week, um, and that can allow for sufficient time to recover appropriately. So you can spread those days out. You could do like Monday, Wednesday, Friday, or you could, if you were maybe a little bit more active, you could do Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and then maybe Saturday or Sunday for something a little bit more leisurely. Um, they had found that there was um, there was not as much of a positive correlate with just leisure time activities. Um, they had shown that leisure time activities typically had more of a social approach to them and less of a uh, exercise focused portion and so they did not have as strong or as positive as a correlate to actually supporting a healthy birth weight for the mother and for the child as well so leisure time activities they while they can be considered and I would recommend that it is important to get outside and to spend time with other people for sure to help actually maintain that social aspect of it there's definitely there's not as much of an exercise related uh, correlate between that and pregnancy as well so when we started to talk about exercise it's actually 
actually a very specific plan that is assigned to you specifically. It's an actual it's an actual workout. It is an actual uh, uh, exercise regime that is given to you that is recommended for pregnancy that is supposed to help with it. Um, and again, taking those things into consider those risks that we had mentioned beforehand. Now, in my personal experience, um, I have, like I said, I've been within the CrossFit space for a long time. And interestingly enough, I have seen, I mean, many, many, not, not many, many, I would say at least probably five plus different women go through CrossFit, including one of our coaches who were exercising during um, pregnancy and actually had uh, positive correlates associated with it. Um, and yes, they were doing CrossFit-esque movements. Uh, yes, they were heavily modified and scaled to kind of fit those requirements that we were talking about, trying to keep everything low impact. Um, one of the things that I would say that just from a, from a bystander's perspective is that there are a lot of exercises that can be performed while still pregnant. And two of them, two examples are deadlifts as well as kettlebell swings. And one of the primary things that both of these exercises support is low back strength. Um, and just like I said, from a observer's um, perspective, I know that low back pain can definitely be a very uh, difficult part of the pregnancy and birth giving process, especially if the baby is larger than normal. Um, so these are a couple of exercises that I would actually recommend to help strengthen the low back if you know that you or if you plan to be pregnant in the future at some point or if you already currently are. Both of these exercises are predominantly low back uh, motivated. And so if you can start to participate in those activities under kind of a regiment, you will probably see an improvement, not an elimination, but probably an improvement in your back pain and the strain that you experience because you have built up a higher tolerance to it and that musculature is less uh, prone to fatigue. Um, so there's a couple of different things there that I can definitely recommend as um, they will support that system very well and maybe make that process a little bit easier for you. So that was kind of my little spiel on um, pregnancy and um, exercise associations. Um, and I don't want to get too much farther into this as that is pretty much the summation of what I have to say on this topic um, is, again, I am not a professional by any means. This is through purely through research that I have done and through what I have observed in my time spent um, to uh, recommend that there are definitely activities that can be participated in, again, under a recommended um, actual plan uh, and actual program that can definitely have positive impact on the mother's weight as well as on the baby's weight as well. Um, and uh, I'm not going to go over too much nutrition stuff because nutrition is typically um, very specific to the mother. Um, and there is going to be some given uh, changes to a diet whenever someone is pregnant anyways. Um, and you are, it, it, I would recommend that a physician actually prescribe um, your diet changes and that they give you recommendations for that because they are much more uh, talented and skilled than I am within that space. But I just want to give you some recommendations on the exercises that can be performed and how they can have a positive impact on you during your pregnancy, perhaps. Uh, going back to our mindset piece for today, I wanted to give an emphasis to learning and how important that was um, and how important it is forever. Um, and so I had our two quotes. Our first one was from Epictetus, and I'll read that one again. Don't just say that you have read books, show that through them you have learned to think better. To be a more discriminating and reflective person. Books are the training weights of the mind. They are very helpful, but it would be a bad mistake to suppose that one has made progress simply by having internalized their contents. Now, before we kind of move on to our next quote, I want to mention that one a little bit and go into a little bit of depth on that one. And I think that it's important to understand that just because you have read something or just because you have observed something 
does not mean that you have internalized it or you have processed it. There is an actual, there is a whole, there is a whole process to actually learning something. And I think the best way to determine whether or not you have properly learned something is if you could teach it to someone else. So I think this is a great standard to meet it by. And if it's something that you cannot repeat from memory or something that you cannot uh, say with confidence to another person or teach them about it, then it is something that you have not come to fully understand it. And it's probably best uh, spent studying further to help you have a better understanding of it before you decide to share it with someone else or try to teach someone else about that subject or about that thing. And so I think that there is a very important level of understanding there that we have to take that there is a there's a very good benchmark for that that says if you can reteach this to someone else, then that is when you have reached a point of better understanding. Um, not perfect understanding by any means, uh, but definitely better understanding. It's kind of like if we took the perspective that you read a book by an individual, whether it's fiction or nonfiction, and if you do not have, and you were you were asked to explain the book to that author um, in full detail, I think that that helps to provide some perspective because if you were to do so you would not want to be corrected you would definitely want to make sure that you understood exactly what it was so you would take the time to read it to fully understand it so that you could have a knowledgeable and very well understood conversation with that person while not discrediting their work or them by any means by claiming to understand something about it and then trying to inform them about it when they are the true experts on it um, and this is important to consider because there's so many people that we're going to meet in our lifetime and we don't know what they're experts in. We don't know what their level of understanding is when it comes to something. And so it's important that we have a very good and full understanding of something because we may be in a situation someday where we start explaining something and the person that we are speaking to has a much greater understanding of it and then we feel foolish and they feel um, disgruntled. So it's something that it's important to understand that we have, that we take the time to think before we speak and that we have a full and very good understanding of what it is that we're talking about. The second quote that we have for today also com or comes from Seneca instead. Uh, and it says, as long as you live, keep learning how to live. Now, I think that this is very interesting that learning is not just a temporary process. I know that within the American school system, there are a lot of flaws and there are a lot of different um, uh, processes that have been put into place over the last couple of hundred years that have, uh, through various studies, have had a negative impact on creativity as well as free thinking, as well as... Um, forcing logic and implying uh, certain time factors that can have a negative impact on schooling as well. Um, and that's not to say that it's all wrong. I, def I definitely think that there are some positive effects that have come out of school and impact that it has had on people for sure. And I would not discredit all of it, uh, but I do think that it has had a negative effect on some of our children as well as some of our um, uh, youths and new adults that are coming into the world. I think that there's been a lot of um, bad uh, systems that have been taught. Um, but outside of that, I think that it's so important that we don't let those negative experiences impact the way that we view learning forever because learning is not just flipping through a book going through flashcards, taking a test, and then showing what you know within a, a, the, the time span of three to four weeks to six months. Learning is so much more than that, is learning is something that we can get from other people through firsthand experiences. It's something that we can get through reading, and it's something that we can get through um, observing other things as well. And I think that it's so important that no matter how long you live, that you learn as much as you can about the world around you, because to not do so would to be a waste of this life that has been given to us is there's so many amazing things 
that have been developed and have been produced by people over the last 100, 200, I mean, as long as the earth has been around, there's so many amazing things that we can learn from. And to think that we are an expert in any of them is ridiculous because I guarantee, like I mentioned earlier, there's probably somebody out there who knows more about it than you do. And if, especially if it's interesting to you, why would you not want to understand it to the fullest extent? Why would you not want to reach the depths of its understanding so that you could continue to pursue it in this understanding so that you can share it with other people, especially if it's something that can have an impact on somebody else's life. I think that there's so much value in the things that you can learn and you can share. So I think that um, the takeaway from that is that learning never stops. Learning is a nonstop process and is something that we should be taking advantage of all the time and it should be encouraged highly and it doesn't matter where you get it from, whether it's through podcasts, whether it's through books, whether it's through um, articles, whether it's through blogs, whether it's through other people's experiences, whether it's through volunteering uh, for different uh, companies or through different experiences or if it's just traveling, anything else like that, I think that it's so important that we continue to learn always, always, always. And the easiest way to do that is to read, I think. And I would definitely encourage reading as a part of this. Um, as I think, there was a book that I was reading and I, so to speak, and there was a statistic in there and I'm going to mess it up, but it was, it was a rather startling statistic that said that a majority of Americans don't read at all over any given time period. Um, and I think that that is really sad. And I think that again, that spurs from the academic um, experience that a lot of us have gone through in school. Um, but I would definitely encourage you to go out and find something that you are interested in and start reading about it. And you might be surprised at what you can find. Thank you guys so much for listening. I really appreciate it. Um, that's all that I have for today. Uh, we've got a couple of interviews that I'm trying to set up. I'm trying to do some digital things and trying some new things over the next couple of weeks. So we're starting to put those together and I'm getting very excited about those. Um, I hope that you guys are enjoying. Please, wherever you're listening to this podcast, please review it and share it with your friends if you feel like this is valuable information or if you got anything out of it, please uh, continue to share so that other people can learn as well. Um, and as always, I welcome any and all feedback and I want to have a discussion with you if there's something that maybe I am speaking out of or something that maybe is inappropriate or not correct according to the research that I have done. I am more than happy to discuss that with you. Um, thank you guys again for listening so much. Have a very wonderful rest of your day and go pick up a book.